Um, I try not to get too much, too far ahead of myself when I teach, but I, as a spiritual father, as an apostle, as a leader, as a foundational setter, uh, I want you to know things right now. I want you to know everything right now. Okay. That's my problem, not yours, but I want you to know everything right now because we were created to live in his presence. Okay, being in his presence should not be a Sunday thing. All right, it's not a Wednesday thing. It's a every morning when I wake up, I have to live in his presence. Just like a fish needs to live in water. Come on. <laughs> Take a fish out of water, what happens? It dies. It's out of its element. It can't function. As much oxygen is in the air, a fish can't breathe outside of his element. Take away a bird's wings. They can't fly. This is us. Okay? This is us. We have to be in the Father's presence. We were born to be in the Father's presence. All right? We were birthed to live in his presence. Worship me in spirit. Worship me in truth. We were, we were birthed to stay in his presence. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, joy, and peace in his presence. He gave us the Holy Spirit because he wanted us to constantly stay in his presence. The Bible said that the spirit rested on him and remained. So everywhere he go, he Jesus was under an open heaven. Everywhere he went, he was under open heaven. What Satan is doing to us, some of us, is he's finding ways to get us out the presence. You ain't got to say, man, I heard you in the spirit. I heard you in the spirit. He's finding ways to get you out the presence. Am I right? Come on, say amen. Watch this. He going to bless you with a million dollars. See? See, now, oh, see, now everybody want to clap. <laughs> you see, <laughs> when you hear the blessings for the money, you're going to clap. No, watch this. Even if you get the money, you can't function properly unless you can use it in his presence. That is the obedience of every child in the natural or spiritual is to function outside of the parent's presence like you were in the presence. That's called obedience. So our father wants to constantly build us up, but we have to stay praying in the tongues. We're going to talk about that. Like I said, I want you guys to know everything. Build yourself up. How many hours of tongues did you do this week? Huh? Hours. It need to be hours. Amen. We're going to continue along the lines of our teaching. Um, We're still on a series of kingdom essentials. We're just talking about some of the basic things of the kingdom. Some of the things that you need to know. All right. Some of the things that you are ignorant to. Some of the things that you are not privy to and which you can't access certain things. I want you personally. I want you. Renee, I want you to know everything right now. I wish I had one book, Sandley, where everything was in it. And I can give it to you and and you understand it. But we have to do this, this whole process of teaching. So last week, we talked from the title of um, Abba's Agenda. All right. We talked from, talk from the title of Abba's Agenda. All right. If we don't know his agenda, if we don't know his plans, then our faith will always be off. We have to know his precepts. All right. We have to know his mind. What was his intentions before he did this? The stuff I'm teaching you guys, I'm telling you, is taking you into it. It's going to is taking you and you will arrive at a place where you will not be deceived by scripture. You will not be deceived by pastors. You will not be deceived by prophets. You will not be deceived by evangelists. You will not be deceived by false teachers. Okay, because if you understand the precepts, if you understand his mind beforehand, before he opened his mouth and said, let there be light, he had a plan. I know we open our mouth without thinking, but he doesn't. He had a plan. And I need you to know that because I need you to understand that that you were conceived in his mind before the foundation of the world. He had a plan for you. It's already done. You just got to get the roadmap. 
You just got to stay in the presence. You just got to become a true worshiper. You just got to submit as a child. But it first starts with understanding the precepts. What was he thinking before he spoke? What was his plan? If we go to his agenda, we go into his original plan. You know how you have a plan? You, you wake up in the morning, you say, I'm going to do this, and then everything else happened, and you never get to doing what you wanted to do? He ain't got that problem. Okay? So we need to know Abba's agenda. We need to know his precepts. We need to know. David said, I love your precepts. He was saying, Kirby, I love your plan. I love what you purpose for me. I love what you predestined me to do. I love that this is your plan because because it's your plan, you have to fund it. See, you, oh, you doing it on your own. You got your plan and your plan ain't going to work. You got to get in his plan, find out what his plan is, and then stay in his presence to walk accordingly. But you must first know what is his plan. What is his agenda? He did not come here. He did not send his son to start a religion. He did not send his son to tell us, if y'all don't get right with me, y'all going to go to hell. (laughs) That's not why he sent his son. He sent his son for a relationship. He wants to be your father more than you want to be his child. That's a problem. He wants to be your father more than you want to be his child. More than you understand. He loves you. He has so love. Okay, we can go through the scriptures. He said love never fails. You thought that was just us? No, that's him first towards us. Love never fails. Love does not seek wrong. Love does not brag. It does not boast. You have to hear him. A a perfect love that casts out fear. That says, I purpose you. Not only did I purpose you, I predestined you. But watch this. My love is removing the fear for you to go forward. If it hasn't been removed, you haven't absorbed it. It's here. It's there. It's right in the scriptures. His soul love that made him send his son. All these messages in the scripture that is telling him, that is telling us, I'm for you. (laughs) If I'm for you, who can be against you? Yet and still, what we end up doing is this, Pastor Caleb. We end up walking by Sight. Mm. Instead of by faith, forget what you see. I don't mean I'm not looking at this. Y'all may be looking at it, but I'm not looking at it. This is longevity. The plan is is a, it has a start and a finish. You can't look at it from the beginning. That's why he said, "Don't despise small beginnings." It's gonna be small because I gotta build up the plan and your faith at the same time. I can't give you a mega church on the first day. <laughs> okay, you're not going to go to cl- one class and get a master's degree. You're going to struggle. You're going to pray to me. You're going to cry. It's going to be some frustrating moments, okay? But, but in the end, you're going to come back to me. You're going to talk to me, and I'm going to get you through it. But you won't do it without me. I can't let you. I can't let you do it. So you have to know his precepts. When you know his precepts, you know his heart. When you know his heart, you can pray. It's hard to pray when you don't know a person's heart. That's why I tell you, when you enter into his presence, start off with a relational conversation. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about how they forgot. They forgot. Soon as you run into a problem, you forget that your father's almighty. He all seeing, he all knowing, he all powerful. Sound good when you recite it. But when it's time to activate in faith... So we have to know his precepts. And then in looking at scriptures, we have to understand that anything that we are to teach, learn, or allow somebody to teach us, there's an inception to it. There's a beginning to it. We can find it at the beginning of the scriptures and we can trace it all the way back. I hate the fact that that, that church religion has got us to a place where our focus is leaving earth and getting to heaven. We just want to make sure we get to heaven. We're just trying to make sure we don't make no mistakes. (laughs) just make sure when he come we ready if you want to be ready just be a child heaven is already your home we're not trying to earn heaven there's no scripture in here says you have to earn heaven there's no scripture it's these bootleg preachers okay it's these people who he did not call 
Anybody can pick up the Bible and say and speak. Anybody with an education can pick up the Bible and say and, and, and work with adverbs and, pro, and uh, pronouns. Anybody can do that. <laughs> that ain't what this is about. This is revelation. This is hearing from another world. This is the visible needing to hear from the invisible. This ain't a man need to hear from another man. This ain't a man need to hear from a woman. This is invisible speaking right now to visible. So you have to understand the inception. If we can't get it out of Genesis, throw it away. Because <laughs> if it's in Genesis, it's in Revelations. In the end of Revelations, Revelations 21, do your homework. He says, I saw a new earth and a new heaven and an old earth and an old heaven was passed away. Then he said, I saw Jerusalem coming out of heaven. So when it's all said and done, we right back on the earth. Dominate as my children. The new earth. When it's all said and done. I'm telling you that so you can ease yourself to understanding that this is your father. He, the plan is already laid out. All you got to do is walk in it. That's it. Just stay on the roadmap. Stay in his presence. So you have to understand the precepts and you have to find the inception of it in scriptures. Okay, we can't focus off of, we can't allow, how do I want to say this? We can't allow our minds to be moved just by concepts. Okay, healing is a concept. It's a concept from scriptures. Giving is a concept. The Bible ain't about giving. <laughs> the Bible ain't about healing. But we take concept, gifts of the spirit, that's a concept that we can study it and we can teach it to people. But that ain't what he wanted in the beginning. He didn't want a bunch of children on earth trying to cast out devils. That was not the plan. He didn't want a bunch of children on earth trying to open the eyes of the blind when your spiritual ones closed. That wasn't the agenda. The agenda was, I need you to be my children. I need you to focus there. I need you to stay right there. Just be my child. Once I adopted you, I brought you into my home. I'm not going to leave you. <laughs> I'm not going to forsake you. Let's grow. This is where we are. Let's grow. He already told you. He was talking. Satan was loud in my ear this morning. He was loud. You know how I deafened it? I'm going to tell you how I deafened it. My father don't sound like that. My father ain't going to tell me constantly you're going to fail. Come on, you got to know. Though. You got to look. Because we impressed with the spectacular. We want to open the eyes of the blind. Come on. But we can't stop a voice. We got growing to do. So we talked about Abba's agenda and you need to know. That's why I keep telling you, you got to play that stuff back into your soul until you get it. When I was coming in 2010, when I got a hold to Miles Monroe, my wife would tell you, you thought I was an addict. Okay. I would listen to him on the way to church after the word was preached on the way back. If I was at home, just cleaning up, I got, I got it on. Okay. If, 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 if I was playing video games, I had it planned. It didn't matter what I did. I had that junk on in my ear. Why? Because I needed my mind to change. And and that's the and that is the person that introduced me to. Hey, it gotta be in the, it gotta be in Genesis in order for us to 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 find it in Revelations. We can't start Genesis means what? Beginning. It gotta be in the beginning to see it was was at the plan. So we talked about Abba's agenda today. Still coming from the, uh, um, the series of Kingdom Essentials, we're going to talk about Operation Restoration. Operation Restoration. Okay, he wants to restore us. The plan was to bring us back to him. The plan was to bring us back to him. Anytime you see the prefix re attached to a word, what does that let us know? He wants to give whatever that is back to us. Reconciliation is back to the relationship. It ain't a new relationship. A renewed mind is, a, is, is not a new mind. 
It produces a new life, but it's not a new mind. I need you to take your mind back to my precepts. Why did I start this whole thing? When you do that, your faith will be solid. Our faith wavers now because we don't know our own father's plan. The very person we say we worship, praise, honor, reverence, we pray to, we don't even know his plan. So operation restoration. Okay, I I need this. I need your minds to grab a hold to this stuff. I need you to stop. Stop allowing Satan to run your day. Because if he's running your day, he's running your night. (laughs) The father wants to restore us. So restoration. So in talking about restoration, we're going to talk about being restored and we're going to eventually talk about rest. Who wants rest? Come on, we, I, I know I want rest. Okay, I want to, you know, I want to know for sure without a shadow of a doubt. I'm tired of trying to figure it out on the way there. <laughs> I need to know. Okay, I need to, I'm, I'm, I'm returning back to child state. You got to wake them up. You got to wake the kids up. <laughs> they will sleep and play all day. They don't know nothing else, but they, the parents got it. The parents got it. They not worried about all the rest of the stuff. That's why Jesus grabbed a child and said, you want to know who great in the kingdom? It ain't an apostle. It ain't a prophet. It ain't an evangelist. It's not a teacher. It ain't the ones that cast out devils. It ain't the ones that heal. It's not that. It's a child. It's a child. So he's trying to restore us, and he's not trying to restore us to adults. The restoration is going to be to a child. And then from a child, you grow up in him. You grow up in Christ. This is why Jesus Christ is our Lord, because he is the one we're growing up into. Have the mind of Christ. Imitate my son. Conform to his image. So when we talk about restoration, we're talking about bringing you back into a healthy state. Okay, the life of Adam is an unhealthy state. Disconnected from the father, disconnected from his kingdom, which is the only two things that Jesus came to bring back. Go through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and look at his conversation. He was not trying to bring a worship service. We worship to become one together in here. We sing a song because whatever's going on and we become one, then he can come in. But if you don't put no, if you don't put the music on and we just let y'all minds wander, we can't get in the presence. <laughs> y'all be coming in here in straight jackets. Whole mind buckled. I'm like, oh Lord Jesus, I got to pray while they praying. While they praying, I'm wor- while y'all worshiping, I'm praying. Father, clear the atmosphere. Get your minds off of that. But the purpose, the reason our minds are focused, because we're not focused on his plan. We really think Satan can defeat us. <laughs> we really think this sometimes. Am I wrong? Or we just act like it sometimes. And so in, in restoration, he wants to, he wants to restore us or bring us back to a healthy state. He wants our, 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 uh, according to Thessalonians 5.23, Paul said that he wants our spirit, our soul, and our body. He wants us to be preserved holy, okay? He's not just trying to, watch this, he's not just trying to heal our bodies. The healing spiritually happened when you became one with Christ. When you became into the family, the Bible says that you got a new life. So you are new in Christ. So the spirit is already healed. The soul is where the Holy Spirit is doing his work. The soul is where the fivefold ministry is doing their work. I don't tell people not to miss church because I want to see you. I do want to see you. Okay. I do want to see you. I love you. All right. But I'm telling you this because you only grow under an open heaven. You only grow, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing come by the word. But how can they hear unless somebody's sent? Somebody has to be sent to break the word down. You can lay at home, you can sit at home, you can listen to messages, you can read the Bible. But until you get in the order that he put you in, meaning the person teaching you that assigns to teach you, 
you won't go anywhere. You won't grow. It's all order. He doesn't do things the way you want to do things. And I hate when people say this. So please, if you're around me and say, I'm just going to, God know me. He know how I do things. He don't care about how you do things. He do things one way and all his children have to listen to it. He don't care about your affinities. He don't care about your aversions. He don't care about your thought process. He don't care about how your parents did it. He only does it one way. His way. The Bible says he's not a respecter of person. It's a commonwealth in, 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 the, in the kingdom of God. Everybody has, has access to everything. It's not, the Bible says we have access to every gift. He said, desire every gift earnestly. We have access to riches. We have access to power. We have access to authority. It's not one person. (laughs) The problem is with that, though, is that we we don't see past Jesus ministry. (laughs) Okay, that's another conversation. (laughs) Yeah. We don't see past Jesus' ministry. Okay, Jesus was the redeemer. He was the redemption. He was the propitiation. He was the ransom. So what needed to be done in the planet could not be done because he wasn't dead. So he said, a greater work will you do because I go to my father. So now we're doing a greater work by trying to look at his work. But his work wasn't a greater work or he wouldn't have said we would do a greater. (laughs) Why would he say we're going to do a greater work and then we try to do the same thing? No, a greater work, okay? The whole intention of him coming down here and, and, and um, uh, having a ministry was to show children of God how a son of God looks. Okay? He came to do his father's will. Every time I say that, you throw me off. I, <laughs> I said, every time I say, my, you do his father's will. And I, <laughs> So, so restoration is to bring us back into a healthy state. Amen. So what is restoration? Okay. So in restoration, he wants to restore us, meaning he wants to return someone or something to a former condition. Now, what is the former condition? His presence, Eden, his plan. When he placed Adam in Eden, Eden, that was his presence. He didn't just place him in a he didn't just place him in a garden with flowers. No, we read it with our natural eyes. But he placed him in his presence. So he's trying to restore us. He's trying to return us to a former condition. He's trying to bring us back. He's trying to return something that we lost. Anytime you see re and he's trying to bring us back, what does that mean? It's something that we no longer have, and he needs us to get it, and we lost it. Luke 19 and 10. I know y'all like, thank God for a scripture. Brother been talking for a while. Luke 19 and 10. Now, this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking, and you have to look at why he came. Luke 19 and 10, it says, for the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. So Jesus is telling you, I put on this human body, being a spirit, I put on this human body and came to earth purpose to seek and save that, not those, that which was lost. So he didn't just come back for people to bring them to heaven. That's how we read it and that's how we think about it. Jesus came to seek and save those he lost. So he just came to get a bunch of people and bring them back to heaven. No, he came to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? The relationship and the kingdom. We lost the relationship. We lost the kingdom. This is why Jesus said, this is why, now watch this. He came to seek and save that which was what? Lost. 
was what? Lost. He came to return that which was lost. He came to restore that which was lost. The relationship was lost and the kingdom was lost. We did not lose a religion. We did not lose an opportunity to go to heaven. This is not what we lost. We didn't lose choirs. We didn't lose tambourines. We didn't lose worship services. What did we lose? We lost the relationship and we lost the kingdom. What did we lose? Okay. So that's why Jesus said as a son of God, he said, learn of me. He said, learn of me because I'm meek and lowly of heart and you will find rest for your souls. So he didn't just come to seek and save that which was lost. He wanted us to learn of him. Why does he want us to learn of him, Kirby? Because he has the relationship. He said, don't nobody know the father but me and those I introduced him to. So if you learn from me, you will learn that I only do what the father tell me to do. If you learn of me, I'm meek and lowly of heart. So that's what humility looks like. You want to know if a person's humble? They only do what the heavenly father tell them to do. And he says, if you learn of me, if you get educated, if you watch me, if you peer into my life, then you will find rest for your soul. So on this morning, if you have no rest, if you have no rest for your soul, it's because you're not learning of him. It's because you have not been restored. And so he's trying to restore us. Now, we're going to go through what he wanted. Genesis 1.26. Because we have to look at, and I'm going to continue to do this, okay? I'm going to continue to do this because we are still laying the foundation. All right? We're still laying the foundation. And until the foundation is laid, nobody can build on it. And so our minds, our minds have to, have to uh, uh, catch root to this. Genesis 1.26. Because Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. So it's important that we know what he came with. He, he said, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. He said, they will rule the fish of the sea, the bird of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So the first thing he did was make man in his image. He made man according to his likeness. Likeness is spirit. So he made us like him. We are spirit beings just like him. Image means we are a copy of him. Him. or 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 image refers to nature so he made our nature like his our souls are just like his we have the soul of our heavenly father that's why he says your mind is not my mind i'm trying to bring you up your thoughts are not my thoughts i'm trying to bring you up that's why through the scripture, you see him attacking your heart. You see him attacking your soul. Why is it that after once Paul, once Paul got to, uh, got to talking to the, um, the, the Gentile church, he stopped talking about what was done to the spirit and started talking about what needs to be done to the soul and that the flesh stops the soul. Because this is what we're trying to be made holy. If you're born again, if you're a new creature in Christ, you're already saved. All right? We're not going down that path. All right? Now it's the development of your mind. Now it's putting the word in you. Now it's worshiping. Now it's praising. Now it's praying. Now it's speaking to him. Now it's fellowship. Now it's practicing righteousness. But we see right here in Genesis 21, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule. Let them dominate the earth. So what does, what does rule just simply means king. Kingdom breaks down into two words. King means rule, dome means domain. So in order for it to be kingdom, it means that there's a territory that has to be ruled. So we talked about, we even talked about that in, uh, in Abba's agenda. He said that the earth, the highest heavens belong to him, but the earth he gave to who? To who? Come on, to us. He gave it to us, so it's our responsibility. So I have people all the time 
saved and unsaved. Come to me and ask me, well, if God is real, why he keep letting all the babies get killed? Why he keep letting all the people die? Because as a king, he turned it over to us. And so whatever happens in it is our fault. Until we allow him to intervene. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray that his kingdom come, his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So he can't come into your situation unless you invite him. He can't come into the earth unless you can invite him. He can't come into your neighborhood unless you invite him. He can't come into your finances unless you invite him, into your marriage unless you invite him, into your parenting unless you invite him. There has to be an invitation. And so if there is no invitation, then we just do what we want to do. So that means it falls on us now. It now falls on us. And so we can no longer ask the question of why is this happening in the earth? It's happening in the earth because that's what we want to happen. It's happening in the earth because we're not going to pray about that. We're going to complain about it. <laughs> we're going to point fingers about it. But nothing moves until we pray and give him an invitation. So now, he created man in his image, then he gave us assignment, rule. I need my children to rule. I need my children to dominate. I'm giving my children charge of this planet. Then he goes into rest. Genesis 2 and 2 says, on the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done and he rested. On the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. For on it, he rested from all his work of creation. Now, why is that important to y'all? Because the moment he did this, your destiny was already finished. The moment he did that, his rest is your predestination. His rest is your predestination. The Bible says he knows the end of a thing before the beginning. So when he rested, your whole life was planned out. All you had to do is step into his presence and follow him. When he rested, your purpose was already figured out. He already had to figure your assignments, how you would look, where you would live, what you would do. It was already there. But things went wrong. <laughs> Now, after he rested, he formed man. Now, I'm going to walk you through this. Verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed man out the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And man became a living being. So now, this is what he did. The man that he formed in Genesis 1.26 is still spirit. It's still spirit. The man is not in the body yet. It's still spirit. So when he said, let us make man, he wasn't making a human being. He was making a spirit being. And so in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, it says, then the Lord God formed man out the dust of the ground. So he formed the body and then he breathed what he created in Genesis one twenty six into the body. It said he breathed the breath of what? Life. Life. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. Then the word became flesh. Then the scripture said in that word was life <laughs> and that life was the light of men. So the man that he formed in Genesis 126 was life. And I got I'm saying this for a reason. It says, then he breathed the breath of life, the man he created into the nostrils of the being that he just created. And it says, and the man, the man became a living being. The man became a living being because of what he blew into him. He put himself in the being, in the, in the body. He put the first atom in the body. This is why we are tripart beings. We're spirit, soul, and body. You have a spirit. You are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. 
I have a soul, but I live in a body. The body is so that you can function in the natural. It is illegal for any spirit to operate in planet Earth without a body. So the whole purpose for the body is so you can operate in the natural. Soon as your body, soon as your spirit leaves your body, you can no longer function in the natural. And however you lived your life in that body, you go to where? Amen. I ain't trying to scare you. He just wants you to be a child. We ain't got to talk about hell. I mean, he just wants you to be a child. We ain't got to talk about heaven and hell. He just wants you to be a child. If you knew what that looked like, you would never abort that or abandon that. The problem is the preaching and teaching. It's not guiding you into that. So when he, so it said he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And it says, and the man became a living being. Now, the word life and living in here means he was alive, meaning he had a spiritual life. It means that he had, he had access to sustenance, to maintenance. So he had a spiritual life that the father gave him, but then he had access to food. He had access directly to the father. It also means relative, which means he had a relationship with the father. Not only did he have a relationship with the father, Renee, but he could, re- he could reproduce God men. He could reproduce men that were just like him. That was the call. I told you, Jesus was plan B. The call was, the purpose was for Adam to do the thing right. And soon as him, soon as Adam and Eve had a child, it was a God man. It was what he created in Genesis two and seven. It was a, it was a baby born with the image and the likeness of the heavenly father from birth. It was supposed to be like that. But when Adam fell, now we give birth to bad little kids. I'm sorry to say that you give birth to bad kids. I'm sorry. I got, I got some. Why? Because their genes or their nature is connected to Adam. Y'all ain't like, y'all ain't mad at me because I said whatever. Maybe I'm, maybe it's just mine. <laughs> and so he also lost access to community. So he lost access to building a community of gods. This planet was supposed to be flooded with God's children. Now, after that happened, now let's get down. Okay. Now, now comes the instructions from the garden. So he's created him. Now he has to, he wants to give him instructions. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. I want to walk through this so I, I want you to see. You should be able to explain this and teach this back to somebody because you should never be deceived by scripture if you understand the precepts. It says, and the Lord God commanded man, talking to Adam, he says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Now, he wasn't talking to Eve. Eve wasn't even created yet. All right? So the instructions are always given first to the man. It says, the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. He says, you will certainly die. What does death mean? You lose life. So he said, the moment you eat from this tree, you're going to lose your spiritual life. You're going to lose sustenance. You're going to lose maintenance. You're going to lose the relationship with me. You're going to lose the ability to reproduce God, man. You're going to be, you're going to lose the ability to function in community spiritually. The moment you eat that. Now, why do you need to know that? Because whatever we lost is what needs to be restored. We lost spiritual life. We lost sustenance. Now, Adam, working from the ground. Now we working with our hands trying to get the money to come in. <laughs> now, we working with, now we're working from the sweat of our brow to try to feed our families. We lost sustenance. We lost maintenance. 
Now we go to psychiatrists. Sorry. Now we go to therapists. We were supposed to have a one-on-one conversation every day with Abba. Who else you need to talk to? Sorry. (laughs) Who else you need to talk to? He got all the answers. So we lost life. We lost sustenance. We lost maintenance. We lost relationship. We lost the ability to reproduce. We lost the ability to build a spiritual community. Then he creates Eve. Eve is beguiled by the devil. Uh, uh, um, he, he, He convinces her to eat from the wrong tree. She gave it to Adam. And then the rest is history, right? Genesis chapter three, verse six. It says the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. Hmm. Well, she never did that, I bet. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was, who was with her and he ate it. Now, the, the, the important thing you need to understand this, brothers, nothing changed until he ate it. Y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? Nothing changed until he ate it. It don't matter what she ate. (laughs) Nothing changes until you eat. Nothing changes until you eat. The family don't grow until the man eat. Whatever the man eats runs the household. I don't get no claps or nothing. No Jesus, I know that was good. That was boy. (laughs) Then verse seven says, then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. So the moment they ate the fruit, their eyes were open. Huh? Huh. Their eyes were open. So what, what so minutia, that means they, they, they were closed. If they opened when they ate the fruit, that means before they were closed. But what they were closed to was the natural realm. They were closed to the natural realm. When Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she didn't eat a fruit. She didn't eat an apple. Okay, that's not what she ate. She took it upon herself to think another thought other than what the father told her to do. That's why I tell you even now, every day, as soon as you leave here, right now, you're standing in front of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in life. Right now. Your decisions right now, whatever you're thinking in your head right now, you're in front of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And you got a decision to make. Let it go or keep going. <laughs> eat from life or eat from knowledge of the good and evil. But just think about this. What type of spiritual veil is this that we could be in here all naked and we don't notice? You got to think about this. Because he's trying to bring us back. He's trying to bring us back. So we should get to the place where certain things we see, it don't bother us. So let's just use the rubric of this scripture. Okay. Once they ate and their eyes are open, they knew they were naked. So closed eyes is if you could see somebody naked, but you don't notice, which means your appetite. I know we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Their eyes were open. You got to think about the interruption this was for the, for their broadcast, for them to be there right in front of one another and can't see. See, I'm going to tell y'all how far we are from this. We still worry about our clothes. We can't go somewhere if our clothes don't look right. We still worry about our clothes. Our eyes are still closed to his world. 
So, this is another reason why he tries to bring us to a love where we only see what people are becoming. This is what the love of God is. And see, we think that he see us like everybody else see us. See, you think he see your failures. You think he's just looking at everything you do wrong. No, no, you got to trace it back to the precepts and understand how Adam and Eve was before their eyes were opened. That ain't what he's not looking at your failures. He's looking at his child. He knows the state that you were. He knows the state that you are in. When, even when he tells us to repent, repent does not mean come to God and say, oh, I'm so sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for everything I did. I'm, no, look, look, son, be, stop, orphan. Stop, stop. You were born like that. <laughs> you were born like that. How I look telling a new believer, a new convert, mama, that you need to go apologize to God for being born in sin. This is what they had us doing. They had us apologizing to God because we were born in sin. No, repent means to give him my mind back so he can nurture it, so he can raise it. That's what repent means. When Jesus said repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. He wasn't saying, say, I'm sorry, so I can get in. He was saying, change your mind and understand there's another way you can do things. You don't have to be bound to the Pharisees. Uh-oh. You don't have to be bound to the scribes. You don't have to be bound to the Sadducees. You don't have to be bound to Herod ways. It was two things that Jesus told his disciples he warned them of. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the leaven of Herod. He said, make sure you ain't listening to religious folks and make sure you ain't listening to the government. Jesus said, don't listen to those two people. Those two, those two things. Don't li- do not listen to their teaching. Why? Because the kingdom is here and they don't represent the kingdom. So, now, Operation Restoration. He came to restore. Amen. He came to bring us back. Amen. He came to give us what we lost. Amen. So. Adam went from being a living being to certain death. That's the origin of an orphan. Adam lost access to the father. He lost access to the kingdom. Adam lost relationship. He lost life. He lost the ability to relate to our heavenly father and he became a stranger, a foreigner. He couldn't come back to the garden if he wanted to. He he did not get an invitation back into the presence. He couldn't get back into the presence if he wanted to. The Bible says there was an angel there with swords of fire saying, no, you can't, in the state you are in, you can't come back in here. It took a redeemer to get us even back in the presence. That's why you should pray every day. Jesus' death on the cross, when he said it it is finished, it opened access to heaven to you. When you don't pray, you're killing them again. When you won't worship, when you couldn't worship, Jesus said the true worshipers, meaning all worship in the Old Testament was false worship. He said, now the true worshiper. So he gave you access to the vine and you can now become a true worshiper. If you don't do it, it's as if he's still on the cross. Jesus being rich became poor that through his poverty, you might become. That's restoration. That's restoration. I'm bringing you back to money. I'm bringing you back to glory. I'm bringing you back to gifts, back to talents, back to abilities. It's restoration. So Adam lost the relationship and now became a stranger, orphan life. He lost sonship. So he lost the ability to rule. He lost all his authority. Not only that, he went from having closed eyes to open eyes. He went from closed eyes to open eyes. So now he has orphan eyes. So now 
his eye, he can only see by sight. He can't see by faith. He can't see what the spirit realm is doing. He can't see what the father's doing like Jesus could. And so this was the restoration. The restoration was getting us back to this place where we go from certain death to living beings. <laughs> the Bible said we were once dead. Now we are alive. Restoration. We were once dead. Now we, we are alive. Once upon a time, we were strangers. We were foreigners. We did not have access to the commonwealth of God. Now he's telling us to conform. So we were once strangers, now we have a relationship. Now, when we look in the scriptures in the Old Testament, we didn't see that we were children. Now in the New Testament, we see that we're children. We see us being adopted. We see us being born again. We see an introduction to a spiritual life. Now we're talking about abundant life. Now we're talking about eternal life. Now we're talking about a life that is hid in Christ. Now we're talking about becoming living stones. <laughs> It's restoration. This is what restoration looks like. He's trying to bring us back. Bring us back to him. He's not trying to push us off of him. He's not trying to get us away from him. He's trying to bring us back. So that's why you see all these re-words in the Bible. You don't see them in the Old Testament as much as you see them in the New Testament. The New Testament is full of all of these conversations, refreshing, replenishing. Repent means to give our mind back to Abba. Redemption means Abba is purchasing us, us, purchasing us back for the original intent. You're going to learn something today. Reconcile means we have to be born again or adopted, but brought back into the family. I'm trying to seal your faith. Y'all better stop playing. It's right here in the word. Renew means to bring back to the original plan of the relationship in the kingdom. Regenerate means to grow the soul back to a godly state. The Holy Spirit is given to you for regeneration of your soul. Because the image was destroyed. You don't think like him. Have the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. That's why restoration is about entering into his rest. When we enter into his rest, we enter into finished works. Let me read this last scripture. So I can, I'm going to seal your faith. I'm going to seal your faith. Okay, you're going to be better. Okay, you're going to learn. No, trust me. You, I'm, I'm not raising no ignorant kids. Naturally or spiritually. I'm not. You walk around and tell me you blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And, and, no. I'm seated in heavenly places far above all rule. All principalities. He raised me up with Christ and made me alive. How you make me alive? He gave me spiritual life. He gave me maintenance. He gave me sustenance. He got me back into the relationship. You better study to show yourself approved. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 8 through 11 through 12. It says, for if Joshua had given them rest, because we stuck on the Sabbath day. It's going to be for all my Sabbath day people. All right. It's going to be for all my Sabbath day folks, my Sabbath day believers, my seven day of Venice, who still think there's a Sabbath day on a Saturday. No, the Sabbath day is gone. Okay? It was a type and a shadow. They got one day to feel how we, we should feel every day. They got to rest from their works. We're supposed to be resting from our works. I'm going to show you what that looks like. It says, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another rest. So if the Sabbath day rest was it for the Ten Commandments, then there's no need to talk about rest no more. So when Jesus came on the scene and said, I can give you rest, he was lying. If it was all about the Sabbath day <laughs> or the Old Testament. 
Verse 9 says, therefore, a Sabbath rest does what? Come on, y'all. Come on, students. It what? It remains. For who? For God's people, for his children. Verse 10 says, for the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works. Mm. I'm going to let you chew on that. Just as God did from his. So when you rest in him, that means you walk back into your predestined purpose. You no longer need to know what to do or where to go because you're in his rest. He going to guide you. He going to lead you. When you enter into his rest, you enter into the works that he finished from the foundation of the world. That's why it's important for you to get in his presence and say, Father, why did you make me? Purpose is important. You think it's not? Try to eat cereal with a fork. (laughs) Try to eat salad with a spoon. You don't think purpose is important? What if we had no chairs? They did it in the Old Testament. Them boys, they, they stood up for hours. They stood up for hours while they read them scrolls. Sometimes them scrolls drop and go all the way back there. And they stood to hear what God had to say. So he says, for the person who has rested from his own works just as God did. So that's why I told you, when he rested from his works, your predestination started. That's why he said he predestined you to adoption. He foreordained you. Every, this whole plan was already mapped out. It was already mapped out. He predetermined what you would be, what you would do, how you would look, where you would go, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. And all he said was this, put your life in my hands and I'll direct it. Verse 11. Can we read this together? Can we read this together? Come on, let's read verse 11 together. Let us go, go ahead. So let us then make every effort to enter into this rest. The restoration has already been completed. Labor to get into it. That's why we tell you to pray in tongues, fast, read the word, practice righteousness. Like I said, I'm not telling you to come to church just to be coming to church. I'm telling you to come to church so you can rest. I'm not telling you to read the word just to be reading the Bible. I'm telling you so you can eventually rest. I'm not telling you to give, fast, pray. I'm not telling you to do that for my sake. This is so you can enter into his rest. You have to labor to enter into that rest. You have to labor to get into what he has already prepared for you. The rest is already there. That's why we talk about spiritual, natural, spiritual. Spiritual, natural, spiritual. It started off spiritual. It went natural. Now we back to the spiritual. Spiritual was when he created Adam. Once Adam fell, we entered into a natural state. Now that Jesus came to redeem us, he came to redeem us to give us life. Life is a spiritual life. So now you want to spend most of your time working to get your spiritual life. Not to build up your natural life on earth. I told you our eyes was once closed, was once open. No, it was once closed and then he opened them. Now, Ola, he's trying to close your eyes. <laughs> he's trying to close your eyes now. Javon, he's trying to close your eyes. He's trying to close your eyes to the natural. <laughs> he's trying to close your eyes to the natural realm. Walk by faith, not by sight. Set your mind on heavenly things, not earthly. For the mind that is set on heavenly things have life and peace. But the mind that is set on earthly things brings death. Death means you're not attached to the spiritual life. 
you're not getting your spiritual life. If you're not getting in your spiritual life, you're not getting your inheritance. It's all for nothing. You're working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And it's outside of your destiny. That's why you're miserable and tired. Because you're doing stuff that has nothing to do with who he called you to be. He said, stop thinking temporal. (laughs) Think eternal. Stop thinking temporal. Think eternal. What is he doing? Closing your eyes to this world and open them to his world. Spiritual, natural, spiritual. That's why in verse 12 it says, for the word of God is living, effective, and sharper than a double-edged sword. Now, this is given according to you understanding rest. This is talking about the word he has spoken, the predestined word, the promises, the oaths. That is what is like a double-edged sword. (laughs) The word, the logos that was spoken before the foundation of the world. That is what's living and effective and sharper than a two-edged sword. It's dividing the very asunder of your spirit and your soul, which means your spirit man has already been aligned to do a certain thing. And if you, if you don't feed your, your soul the right word, it'll never align with who you are spiritually. So the word does the surgery. It shows you when you are off. The Bible tells us that we are allowed to use the word to correct, to teach, and a rebuke for the whole purpose of building up the man of God, to building up the child of God. So, yeah, the word of God is living. It is effective. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It penetrates as far as separation of your soul and your spirit. It is separated. It is separated. <laughs> when it comes time to give, it's going to be a division. Because it's a word that he tells your spirit to do, but then it's a soul that's so used to doing things in the natural. (laughs) He going to tell you to pray. And it's all in his word, ain't it? And when it comes time to pray, it's going to be a division. It's going to be what the soul wants to do according to the flesh or what the soul wants to do according to the spirit. There's a division there. The word is working. It's working. It's working in you. That's why he says, he said it is God that works in you, his will, and to do your good pleasure. It ain't me. I'm preaching, but he's using me. It ain't me. Right now, the word is penetrating, it's cutting, it's touching some places. For the purpose of what? To restore you. To get you back. I told you, Satan was loud in my ear this morning. I know the Father's voice. I ain't doing no, I ain't dealing with no strange worship. You ain't got no, you ain't getting none of my time. I ain't got time for depression. I ain't got time for anger. I ain't got time for wrath. It's, it's worthless. I ain't got no time to be down. I ain't got time for oppression. I ain't got time to stand in no cage. I ain't got time for no fetters, no chains, no locks, no bondages. I ain't got time for that. Knowing he restored me, knowing he restored me, He died already. He raised, he ascended, he resurrected. He came back from the dead. (laughs) Then he ascended. And then he said, watch this. And I know we, I'm about to close. I'm about to get myself in trouble. He ain't building no mansions for you in heaven. Okay? Ain't no mansions waiting on you in heaven. I'm sorry. There's no mansions waiting on you in heaven. He said, I go, I go to a place that where I am, you will be also. Where did he go? To the right hand of his father. Where are you? At the right hand of his father. You at a place of power right now. He ain't building no mansions for you. So when you get to heaven, you can move. No. New Jerusalem coming out of earth, out of heaven. It's going to be right back on earth. Why? Because our father had a plan. Rule and dominate. You know why you don't want to go be, I'm going to say this. I mean, the reason why we don't want to be in heaven. Now, we want to be with our Heavenly Father, okay? New Jerusalem is coming out of heaven. But the moment you wind up in heaven, you get demoted. You can't be a king where he is. You can only be a king on the territory that he gives you to dominate. Why you want to hurry up and lose your authority? Why you want to hurry up and lose your power? You want to die and lose authority. No, this is fun. 
We get to dominate right here. We get to play right here. We get to cast out devils. We get to, come on. <laughs> why are we in such a rush to leave? Because we powerless. I'm going to tell you why. We don't know his agenda. And most of our doctrine, watch this, was laced, watch this, in America, watch this, by the fact that we were enslaved. So most of our gospel songs ain't talking about run to the Father. It's Mahalia Jackson. Oh, come on. Going to the by and by. We just want to get to heaven. We, well, they were singing that from the cotton field. They made them songs from the cotton field. They didn't make them songs from a place of restoration. They didn't make that from a place of, of repentance. They didn't make that from a place of domination and authority. They did not make them songs and write them songs understanding his plan. Come on, let us pray. Heavenly Father. Yes, Father, we return.